the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joe's going to be a hands-on president. Yeah, we know that because Joe Biden has always been a, you know, kind of a handsy kind of guy. He's going to pick a woman for VP. That's if he makes it to the convention without having to drop out because of the uh, sexual assault allegations. He showed up uh, on Morning Joe today and Morning Mika gone around asking him about, you know, maybe trying a little harder to see if he can find anything about Tara Reid and all those papers he has stored at the University of Delaware. Are you certain there was nothing about Tara Reid in those records? And if so, I am absolutely certain. why not? Why not approve a search of her name in those records? Approve a search of her name. Yes. And reveal uh, anything not... that might be related to Tara Reid in the University of Delaware records. There is nothing. They wouldn't. They're, they're not there. And if they had, if it's, I, 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 you know, I don't understand what you're, the point you're trying to make. The point there I'm trying no to make is that there are no personnel records by are, definition. The point I'm trying to make is that you are approving and actually calling for a search of the National Archives records of uh, yes. anything pertaining to Tara Reid. I'm asking why not do the same in the University of Delaware records, which have raised questions because they were supposed to be re- revealed to the public and then they were sealed for a longer period of time. Why not do it for both sets of records? Because the material in the University of Delaware has no personnel files and it has, but it does have a lot of confidential conversations that I had with the president about a particular issue that I had with the heads of state of other places, that that would not be something that would be revealed while I was in public office or while I was seeking public office. It just stands reason, the best of my knowledge, no one else has done that either. I'm, I'm just talking about her name, not anybody else in those records. A search for that. Wow. Nothing classified with you... the president or anybody else. I'm just asking, why not do a search for Tara Reid's name in the University of Delaware records? Look, I mean, who, who, who does that search? The University of Delaware, uh, perhaps you set up a commission that can do it. I don't know. Whatever is the fairest way to create the most transparency. Well, this is, look, Mika, she said she filed a report. She has her employment records still. She said she refiled a report with the only office that would have a report in the United States Senate at the time. If the report was ever filed, it was filed there, period. Meanwhile, His Excellency, the governor, announced that 24 counties will move into the yellow phase, which is less stupid than the red phase. That'll be next Friday. If you added up the total number of cases in those counties, it probably wouldn't make 100, but we should all thank His Excellency for having bestowed his blessing on at least some of our fellow Pennsylvanians. Now's a good time not to live in a city, by the way. And maybe the future won't be either. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stick around. The coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of chaos lately. But something good that's come from it all is that Americans are waking up to the fact that we make too many things overseas and are reliant on China and other nations for the products that we need most. Enough is enough. Authentically American is a veteran-owned, patriotic, made-in-USA apparel company. They produce the highest quality apparel you can find, and it's all American-made. While other companies are waiting for their supplies to come in from Asia, Authentically American is still going strong, putting our neighbors to work every day. 
They also give 10% of every purchase to charities that support our veterans and their families. Use code SALEMPITTSBURGH to get 10% off your entire purchase. Don't spend one more dime on products made overseas. If every American spent an extra $3.33 on U.S.-made goods, it would create almost 10,000 new jobs in this country. Shop at AuthenticallyAmerican.us and use promo code SALEMPITTSBURGH to take 10% off your entire purchase. That's promo code SALEMPITTSBURGH. Where is yours made? Wow. How the world has changed in just a few short weeks. If there is one thing COVID-19 has taught us, is good hygiene. Wash your hands more often and wipe down frequently touched surfaces. Unfortunately, we also face another problem that has been around us since, well, time itself. Rodents. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. Rodents usually carry diseases with them we do not want around us. Treating the problem the old-fashioned way with baits and traps only causes the problem to continue. Baits invite rodents in when you really should be trying to keep them out. So how do we keep them out? With plug-in pest-free, an electromagnetic device that utilises the electrical wiring in your home to set up a no-go zone. Now that's fair dinkum. Look us up today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code PEST20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Do you want to get rid of your expensive landline, save money, but keep your important home telephone number? Then OurOldNumber.com has the perfect solution. OurOldNumber.com allows you to keep your home phone number and cancel that expensive landline connection. With OurOldNumber.com, calls from family and friends to your home phone number are answered by a personal greeting from you. The caller selects which family member they want to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded to that family member's cell phone. Your important home phone number is still your number. It's still in directory assistance, and no matter where you happen to be, you'll never miss a call. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. There are no long-term contracts, and it's only $9.99 per month. Best of all, OurOldNumber.com eliminates those annoying sales calls. Now, your home telephone number can be as mobile as you and your family are with OurOldNumber.com. Visit OurOldNumber.com to learn more and get started today. OurOldNumber.com. Migraines can attack anytime, anywhere. Now there's a new kind of pill you can take anytime, anywhere to treat them. Introducing Ubrelvi or Ubrojapant. Ubrelvi can provide relief from migraine pain and debilitating symptoms without worrying where you are or if it's too late. People took Ubrelvi within four hours of a migraine attack. One dose can quickly stop a migraine in its tracks within two hours, and many had pain relief in just one hour. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for migraine prevention. It is available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Few people had side effects. The most common were nausea, 2-4%, to and tiredness, 2-3%. to While normal routines have shifted, the need for migraine treatment remains the same. Contact your healthcare provider to see if Ubrelvi is right for you. Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn about support and resources at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by Allergan. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I'm a suburban guy. Grew up in the South Hills. Um, and as I got older, I moved a little further away from the city. I never understood city living, even though I spent about uh, 30 years working downtown. And uh, with what's going on in the world now, living or working in the city doesn't seem like uh, such a good idea. Joel Kotkin is a presidential fellow in Urban Futures at Chapman University, and he's the executive director of the Urban Reform Institute. He joins us now. Joel, thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. So you wrote a piece for Fortune uh, saying that after the coronavirus, we need to rethink densely populated cities. Um, just uh, so you know, we just uh, were heard from our governor today, and the non-densely populated areas are moved from um, red to yellow, which is stupid to a little less stupid. Uh, uh, and so the people here in the dense Allegheny County uh, still are on red. So do you think a lot more people are rethinking it now than might have been two months ago about what, whether it's a good idea to live in a city? Well, I think, that's, you know, of course, it depends how you define a city, but I would think it's yeah. this way. You know, I think that we know before this was happening that people were beginning to move out of the big, dense cities, New York, Chicago, L.A., all lost population the last couple of years. 
the big movement has been either to suburbs, smaller cities, or kind of sprawling sunbelt cities like Phoenix or, or uh, Dallas. Uh, those are places that, are, that have been attracting particularly younger, educated people. So the, this was already happening, but I think now people have more um, incentive to look at other uh, alternatives. And at the same time, more and more companies are beginning to understand that they can work uh, remotely, um, either in a satellite office or people working out of their homes. And that's going to open up a lot of opportunities. Yeah, well, is there any one reason that's more prevalent for, for people leaving places like New York, L.A., or Chicago? Is it just uh, you don't need to live there anymore? Or are they, you know, is it, is it, and what, what, what are we talking about as far as the number of people leaving? Is it mass numbers? Oh, the numbers are pretty big. Um, uh, the numbers coming out of California and New York are, are, are pretty strong. You know, you're talking about net losses, um, you know, tens of thousands of people. Um, you also have people who are, who are not coming, who, let's say, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if I asked students in, in a class, where do you want to go? And they'll say, they would say New York, Washington, uh, San Francisco, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe Los Angeles. Uh, now I'm hearing Nashville and uh, Lake Tahoe and, um, uh, and and Texas and Indianapolis and you know so I think that people have a different perception. I think one thing is a the cost issue. Now that may uh, sort of correct itself to some extent. The dispersion of work, which is continuing to happen, um, and I think also, frankly, a lot of our urban centers, not necessarily the metros. But the urban centers are governed by people who, you know, basically um, are not very concerned, let's say, about public safety. I mean, you have you know, cities like San Francisco, Seattle, L.A. with massive homeless populations. You have, um, you have district attorneys who are essentially allowing prisoners out on the streets. Um, you have situations like um, in some of the cities here in California where... You know, you can steal up to a thousand dollars, and it's not a felony. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. so so this disorder issue, I think, which has really not been paid attention to, I think, as much as it should be, uh, but I yeah. think it's very significant. I might not uh, lean towards San Francisco when I find out that humans are pooping on the street, <laughs> and uh, if I open a little business that if someone steals a seven hundred dollar item, he's not going to be prosecuted for it. I mean. Um, that that would tend to, I think, uh, kind of make people shy away rather than uh, be attracted to you. Well, I would think that would be the case. I think you know a lot of it depends on who you are. It's also particularly difficult on people. What we're seeing is the group that there's still a tremendous attraction to the core city for people in their early twenties. Uh, they're single. They don't have kids. You know, they're trying to meet somebody of the opposite sex or the same sex, depending on their orientation. Um, And the city offers a lot, and the risks of the city don't seem as bad. As you get older, and particularly as you decide, well, I want to buy a house, or I want to get married, or I want to have a family, the the, uh, benefits um, are reduced. And unfortunately, whereas some cities, for instance, were beginning to improve their education system, Crime was going down, which really was encouraging people to stay. Now crime seems to be going up in a lot of cities. Uh, the social disorder is greater. Um, and so, I, and of course, the school systems, um, all the progress in the school systems, like with charters, has declined in most big cities as well. Yeah, um, and, you know, to get back to what's going on now with the coronavirus, um, it it would be hard to imagine even a young person now um who might have been inclined to want to live in New York uh wanting to do that anymore i mean well uh, i i would think that the, yeah i mean there's some evidence that that may be the case um uh i think also you're going to find that that many of the jobs are going to go somewhere else too i mean the the problem is the system that New York lives on and i'm a native new yorker um, the system that, that New York lives on is massive movements of people from the periphery, let's say Queens, Nassau, uh, Westchester, into Manhattan, into the most crowded parts of the United States. That has turned out to be a disaster. Um, and 
I think there's still lots of things that New York can do and things that make it a very attractive, but I think it's going to be less attractive to more people. And I think it's very important to understand this generation coming up, this is going to be a formative experience for them. And if their brothers or sisters were stuck in a studio apartment in Manhattan for three, four months, um, that may not be a great role model for that they want to emulate. Yeah, my nephew was living in Brooklyn, and um, he escaped uh, just when this coronavirus started stuff uh, started to happen. He was smart enough to get out of there, and he's uh, been holed up in our place up in Canada uh, for huh. over a month now. And it doesn't matter because he can't work. Um, you know, he's 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 starting to collect unemployment now because he's uh, he's not living where his job is, and his job doesn't exist anyway because everything's closed up. Um, and, you know, uh, New York was very attractive to him. I have a nephew and a niece living there, and um, I, I, I just I don't know why anybody would want to stay there if you don't have to with what's going on. You mentioned, uh, you know, coming from the periphery into the most crowded part. Uh, you know, are you talking about subways then? And, and uh, you know, I think subways. I saw 77% of the people who work, I don't know if it's in Manhattan, but 77% of the people who commute to work and back do it by subway. You no, know, this is subways. It could also be buses, but you also have had fairly high levels of of infection in uh, what we might call the commuter suburbs of you know, Nassau County, Westchester County, um, where people uh, get on trains. They're not. They don't tend to be as crowded as as the subways. Although I've been on one, ones that are pretty crowded, um, and I just think people are going to start thinking twice about it. And I, you know, and frankly. I think if it turns out that you know that you have to wear a mask to get on the subway, at, or, and that you have to social distance. So what are you going to do? Sit there and wait until the subway is not crowded? Um, it's going to be very, very difficult transition for sure. Well, I wonder how long they're going to expect to be able to get away with even doing that. I mean, that just doesn't seem to be feasible. I mean, I've 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 been to New York many times. I haven't been there in a while. And I've been on the subway, and I've and I mean, people are jammed in there, and hordes of people rush to the you know through the turnstiles at certain times of the day. Uh, I don't know how they can have a subway and at the same time say we don't want people close to each other. That's just they don't. It doesn't work. Well, I think there are going to be a lot of changes. I've been working on what sort of changes New York City should be doing, and you know certainly. Um, uh, you know they're they're going to have to figure out ways of dispersing employment. The problem is, the big power in New York and many big cities are real estate interests who own uh, downtown real estate and have put all their money into luxury towers and all mm-hmm. and, and high rise office buildings. And it's going to be ugly. Yeah, no, I live right next to an office park. I'm I'm in Washington County, uh, and we're talking to Joel Kotkin. He is. Uh, the executive director of the Urban Reform Institute. Um, I live right next to an office park. I moved out here a long time, 30 years ago, to a neighborhood near here, and then 20 years ago I moved into this area. But it, when I moved out here, there were sheep grazing on the on the hillsides, mm. and it's only about 16 miles from downtown Pittsburgh. And right now I look out my window and I see what looks like a mini city of office buildings. Now, they didn't exist 20 years ago, and now it's a mini city, and uh, these people don't have to pay to park. They don't have to get on a crowded bus or, or a subway. They don't have to sit in rush hour traffic. And if why would I, if I were owned a business in Pittsburgh and my lease was up in my big, tall office building downtown, why would I not want to figure out a way that I can get out of there and come to a place oh. like this? Well, well, this is certainly what we're hearing. Um, what we're hearing more and more when we talk to CEOs is that also they found that distance uh, work, actually, you know, at people working at home has worked out well. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that, let's say, even if, let's say, you're downtown, you're a bank, does everybody have to have to go into town to do their jobs? How, they're now proving they can do their jobs uh, remotely. Um, yeah. And, and well, if not remotely from home, Joel, they can they can they don't have to go and and do it in a skyscraper yes. downtown. Uh, and it just doesn't. It used to be that you know I'm old enough to remember when downtown really was important, and everybody worked downtown. And 
you know, people walked from office building to office building, and and they had you know uh, mail clerks who who delivered mail from one building to another, and it's all done by email now. It's just it's just it doesn't it doesn't even make any sense anymore. Well, I think what you're going to see, and I'm working on this quite a bit these days, is is this notion that you may start seeing the growth of what might be sort of uh, sub-centers or, you know, areas that, that give you many of the things that cities gave you, you know, restaurants, entertainment, parks, things like that, but you don't have to go into the city for them. You can go someplace closer to home. I mean, this this idea of dispersing um, employment, um, which has really become pretty dominant anyway, but this notion that everybody is going to get on a train or a bus and go downtown and be you know, surrounded by, uh, you know, by people who are certainly not six feet away, um, I, think, I think that's going to become you know, less and less and less attractive. And, you know, again, we're going to have an entire generation that's going to be thinking about social distancing. Um, now, obviously, they're not going to be able to do it all the time, but it's going to become a consideration, and, and it's logical that it would be a consideration. There's no, what, what we found is that the real factor seems to be what we, we call um, exposure density. In other words, not just how dense an area is, but how often are you exposed to other people? Like, for instance, you know, the worst-case scenario, you live in a crowded building in Queens, um, you, you get on the street, it's a crowded street. You get on a subway, it's a crowded subway. You get into Grand Central Station, which is incredibly crowded. Then you, you walk to a crowded office building, and then you eat lunch in a crowded uh, a lunch place. And your exposures every single time. And we also now are beginning to find that a lot of the really worst exposures seem to be people who are in unventilated spaces, elevators, subways, um, Whereas if you're outside, uh, your chances of exposure seem to be much, much less. And if you're in a more uh, airy environment, it's much less. Hey, you're talking about uh, New York, uh, Joel, but what about Pittsburgh? And what about, um, um, I don't know, another city like Pittsburgh, Kansas City, you know? What about cities like that? How, how are they going to be different from New York, if at all? I mean, New York's well, New York, and it's always going to be something special about that. Well, I mean, I think that, that there's, I think what you're going to see is that in many of these other cities, first of all, they don't have, you know, they don't have high percentage of people on transit. I, I assume that, I know Kansas City, it's all, you know, really negligible. Right. Um, I don't, I don't think it's much in, in Pittsburgh either. I mean, I, I can no, look up the we, numbers. No, we have a subway, but it's not, it, it doesn't serve even the, every, every area. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and, and, and it, place. So, I, I mean, I think that these cities, or if you want to put it in the terms of regions, regions like Pittsburgh, regions like Kansas City could become beneficiaries as businesses, for this reason and other reasons, begin to move, uh, look for places where they can operate uh, much more affordably and where their employees can afford to live a decent way of life and can actually afford to live in an area where the schools are good. I, I mean, look, I can tell you that personally. Our biggest reason for moving from Los Angeles to Orange County was uh, in, in Southern California is, um, is schools. My daughter goes to public schools, goes to a very good yeah. public school. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that, that, that there are so many different forces that were already in place and that this will likely accelerate them. I think the future of most core cities is going to be what H.G. Wells uh, predicted in 1904, which is that they will be places of, of, of uh, concourse and rendezvous. There'll be, there'll be places where people without children live. There'll be places, you know, he calls them of elegant extinction. Um, I, have, um, I only have 30 seconds left, Joel, and I'm up against a hard break. Um, I really appreciate you being on, and it's uh, really interesting stuff pleasure. there. All right, Thank well, you very well, much. We can pick it up at some other time. Thank you. Uh, yes, I'd like to. Thank you. That's Joel Kotkin. He's from the uh, Urban Reform Institute. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump has announced this hour that the Food and Drug Administration has granted emergency use authorization for Gilead's remdesivir drug to treat the coronavirus. 
Governor Andrew Cuomo says New York schools and colleges will remain closed through the rest of the academic year because of the pandemic. The order applies to 4.2 million students statewide. U.S. manufacturing dropped in April, a victim of economic fallout from the outbreak. The Institute for Supply Management says its manufacturing index dropped to 41.5 last month from 49.1 in March. Anything below 50 signals contraction. Stocks ending lower on Wall Street, giving up their gains for the week. The Dow lost 622 points today. The Nasdaq was off 284, and the S&P 500 fell 81. This is SRN News. This moment of gratitude is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage and the Rock family of companies. We really want to thank my wife's cousin Marie, who works so hard as a nurse saving others. To those who leave their homes to keep us safe in ours, thank you. And yeah, you guys are awesome. We're sending all our love, gratitude, and hope your way. Thank you. If you'd like to thank America's frontline and essential workers, visit everyoneknowsahero.com. Quicken Loans, LLC, NMLS number 3030, licensed in 50 states. Each legal entity that identifies themselves as part of the Rock family of companies are separate legal entities with their own governance and management structures. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. Jay Sekulow and crew talk election 2020. Joe Biden even saying, hey, maybe we should suspend. And without him on the campaign trail, there's this move by him to say, well, maybe we should push back. But President Trump has said absolutely not. Congress mandates the date. They're given that power in the Constitution. But the Constitution goes further in the 20th Amendment because it says when the new president and vice president have to be sworn in. Jay Sekulow live. Weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can even be used in a carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's a disinfectant that kills viruses. It can be used on surfaces and floors by mixing one-third Genesis 950 with two-thirds water. Apply to surface and clean with fresh water. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, grease stains, wheels, tires, decreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Code SALEM. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Construction continuing on 79 between South Point Boulevard and Bridgeville. William Penn Highway inbound. The work takes you down to one lane between Elliott Road and Parkway East, scheduled till 7. Bigelow Boulevard still shut down between Forbes and 5th. Wabash Tunnel, that's closed in Mount Washington. Nadine Road, some construction there at Lincoln Road and at Allegheny River Boulevard. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
look for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low 42, partly cloudy Saturday as well, high tomorrow 68, then very cloudy skies tomorrow evening with a low of 55. Sunday will be a mostly cloudy day with showers and a high of 75, then we'll have rain ending Sunday night, becoming clear with a low of 47, partly cloudy Monday, high 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Holly Holdren. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, you know about Governor Wolf. He uh, moved a bunch of counties in the north uh, northwest uh, part of the state from uh, red to yellow, which is stupid to a little less stupid. Um, and uh, we're here in Allegheny County, Washington County, southwest Pennsylvania. We're stuck, uh, I guess, in red until at least I don't know. Not, not we're not going to get out of it next week, next Monday. So, and Ohio's uh, stay-at-home order was extended to May 29th last night. With some exceptions, retail stores will open on May 12th. Here's what the order says. This is in Ohio now. All individuals currently living within the state of Ohio are ordered to stay at home or at their place of residence except as allowed in this order. Stay at home. Ordered. When's it going to end, and has it done any good? Well, T.J. Rogers, uh, writing in the Wall Street Journal, doesn't seem to think so, and he joins us now. T.J., thanks for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. So the governor of Ohio must think this is working. Uh, as I said, he just extended the lockdown for four more weeks. What's he getting wrong over there in Ohio? Well, uh, first comment, our stay-in-place order from San Mateo County threatens, quote, fine, imprisonment, or both, unquote. Right, right. Uh, so what's he getting wrong? First of all, he's getting the Constitution wrong. Uh, that I expect we're going to fix. I saw a wonderful... Uh, uh, I saw a wonderful, uh, it wasn't a cartoon, a painting the other day. It showed the founders uh, standing, signing uh, in a big room, signing the Constitution, and one of them is speaking, and the caption at the top says, of course, it should be clear that this doesn't matter if there's a virus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> None so of this counts. What's yeah. he getting wrong? He's getting wrong. The biggest picture, uh, <clears throat> I, I did a study uh, to see how how important it was to shut stuff down. Uh, Got to say in advance, no study like this statistics is definitive, but I, there, there are some things you can conclude from my study. I started out uh, trying to figure out how many excess deaths got caused by delay. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi trying to get her... Uh, or endowment for the arts, $25 million into the end of the PPP bill, right. stuff like that. That saved and, a lot of lives, uh, TJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially on the board of the in Kennedy center. Yeah. Uh, so she, so it, it, it turns out this thing, all infections are when they take off are exponential and that, and they, they double in a certain amount of time and the doubling time for COVID-19 and this is pretty clear. I don't think it's, it's a, an argument. It's between two and three days. So hypothetically, so I can do the math uh, in my head, if it doubles every two days, uh, if you wait four days, the, the number of people sick would go up by a factor of four, and the curve after that point, even more important, would be four times higher. So the argument is you got to really rush and shut her down now. And, and by the way, I would argue that that is more plausible than shutting it down today after the curve is uh, turned over and flattened down, that that, that was more critical. So I, I wanted to study lives lost per day, and I had a nice database, all the states in the United States. Um, there was a date when they detected COVID-19 at a very, very low level, one death per million people three people in Iowa, 19 in New York, the very beginning. That date I knew, and then the day they shut down I knew. So I, I knew from the time they had the signal till the time they shut down how many days elapsed. And that number went from minus 10 days for shut, really super fast shutdown states. California is like minus five days, out to plus 35 days at the time of the study, and that was, uh, that was North Dakota. And they never shut down. There were eight, seven states that never shut down at all, which, by the way, are all doing well. Uh, seven states that never shut down at all or shut down, uh, like, in a city, but not, not in the whole state. Okay, so I knew the delay, and then I looked at the death rate. 
And, and you would think that the states that delayed more let the disease double, double again and maybe double a third time before they reacted uh, would, have a ter- would really be in trouble. And it turns out there was no correlation at all. And by correlation, I mean uh, a, a mathematical relationship between the death rate and the days of delay to, to turning on the shutdown. That, that kind of flabbergasted me. And, and by the way, again, that's at the critical first few days of the epidemic. It, it's not today where the, uh, the the doubling time is much longer. The doubling time today, I would say, is is either infinity, that is, uh, it, we're not going to double again ever, or or it's it's uh, a month. So back then, in the very beginning, uh, it was it's doubling pretty fast. So you got to ask yourself, well, if if it simply can't be uh, fast shutdown, government action, take credit for it, you know, I saved a lot of people, uh, what is it? And then, you, then you look at the uh, seven states, the worst states in the United States, you know the names, is New York, New Jersey, uh, the other ones, Rhode Island, Connecticut, et cetera, so East, East Coast states, and, and, and they all shut down pretty fast. Every one of them but Louisiana shut down within three days. So you couldn't argue that they didn't do the right, quote-unquote, right thing by shutting down. And then uh, I started looking at Sweden. And well, before Sweden, you get to that, before you get to that, TJ, I was going to ask you about Sweden, but let me just uh, clear something up here. Now, you, you know, you mentioned New York and, and the amount of time that uh, they took to shut down and other places. Um, but the, the amount of time you take to shut down in North Dakota and New York – the, den- the density of the population, how does that factor in? I mean, in, in as far as their success know. rate? <clears throat> well, the answer is there is no official and definitive answer, but I think, you know, if I were going to continue on the studies, uh, the next thing I'd look at, which I did take a brief look at, is density. And the reason seven states, or all plain states, uh, all didn't shut down and all had great results is that they're below the critical density. I mean, it's kind of obvious if, if you have 10 people in a state and they're all 10 miles apart, there's going to be no infection. Uh, it's kind of obvious if you take people in New York and jam them in a subway tube every day where they're all breathing the same air, you're going to have a lot more contagion. So one thing that I did do was I, I did a second regression that compared the uh, death rate in, in 50. So all of these were a comparison of 50 states and what kind of curve did they fall on. I did uh, death rate uh, by population density uh, versus, versus, uh, versus, excuse me, death rate by versus population density. And that was a 44% correlation. It was about eight times more highly correlated than, than fast government action. And more than that, it was correlated not to a line. If you double the amount of density, you double the amount of uh, disease but it was correlated to an exponential curve. If you doubled the amount of, of people density per square mile, the, the disease rate went way up. Uh, and, 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 and it turns out, that, so that curve had a lot more meaning. Uh, it's not sure you can do anything about it. You know, in plagues over the years, you know, Isaac Newton, very famous uh, for, you know, laws of motion. People don't know he wrote a book on optics, which is like a classic of his time, but in, 1600 A.D., he was sequestered out in the country outside of London uh, when the bubonic plague killed uh, killed like a, a quarter of the population of London. So not having density or getting away from the density uh, does does matter, and, th- and that mattered a lot more than the quickness to shut down uh, that the governors are bragging about and pounding themselves on the chest about now. So, up, uh, and you mentioned uh, Sweden. Now, up until yesterday... As far as I know, the World Health Organization was saying that Sweden's no lockdown approach wasn't working. Now I saw last night that they're starting to say, "Well, you know what? Maybe they did have something there, and um, they they think now that Sweden had the right idea." What do your numbers show? Uh, my numbers show, <laughs> you know, right in the middle of that. And and the the problem is when I started looking at Sweden is that. You know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an engineer. I got a PhD in engineering. I use statistics all the time. I, I ran a chip company during my career. I retired a few years ago. And, and 
you know, you know, it's not political. You do a study, you try to figure out what's going on, you refine your study, then you, then you find something that could. No statistical study proves anything about cause, none. Then once you, once you have a theory, then you go off and do experiments or do some refined data gathering and see if your theory is right or wrong, and then you're done. That's the way it works when the name of the game is to try to get an answer about something. Mm-hmm. But what we have now, of course, is uh, the buffoonery is each side of the political spectrum is trying to blame the other side of the political spectrum for a germ. Of and all that matters is getting a gotcha on the other guy. So I, I, I am even more disappointed than I usually am in our government, certainly California state government, Gavin Newsom. I signed a recall petition today and in the federal government that, that, that they care more about sticking it to each other than they do about people. So that, mm-hmm. that, that has really bothered me. So you look at Sweden, and what, what should the attitude be? The attitude should be, okay, it's a country. It's a 10.3 million person experiment. They did things differently. Let's see what they did differently, and let's see if we can compare their data to our data and find out if we could do anything better or if we could back off on something that's very harmful and, and get rid of it because it doesn't really help. That's, that's what I did. And the first thing I noticed was that instead of the, these kind of macho governmental proclamations by, by our would-be superhero governors, they, uh, they, they, the professionals ran it, and they, they, they said that they were trying to minimize the disruption on society and their economy, which they did. It, the, there are two examples that I just, you know, go right in your face. They said, well, old people are 80% of the deaths, so we can either sequester them and keep them away from the germ, or we can sequester everybody else in society to keep them from giving the germ to old people. They picked A. So they didn't, they didn't sequester younger people. They, they recommended sequestration. They said, don't go to big gatherings. They, they gave the same common sense advice about separation, yeah. but they didn't, they didn't mandate it, and they didn't threaten to imprison or fine people for going on the beach. You know, yesterday, here, Governor Newsom shut down an Orange County beach. Californians finally get to walk on the beach. <clears throat> no evidence of any kind that, that in an outdoor environment like that we're going to have a problem, but... But we had we shut shut down the beach here uh, yesterday over the screaming objections of the the, the people that run that county down the there. local people. I'm, I'm yeah. Okay, so Sweden uh, sequestered old people, let the rest of people go. That means they can go to their jobs. TJ, that means TJ, excuse me, I have I have one minute. I'm up against a hard break. Go ahead. All right, they they uh, they didn't shut down their complete economy. They did shut down the Volvo plant. That's already back open. Our plants are still shut down, so we're still crippling our economy. Uh, the second thing they did, they had zero, not one, death of an adolescent. So they said, why are we going to shut down our schools? You don't get it in school because kids haven't gotten it so far. So they let their schools run. So their teachers, you know, still maintain the job and they maintain the education. Bottom line, Sweden is dead center of Europe. There's three or four countries above it, three or four countries below it. And Sweden is better than our worst seven states. So one thing, there's a study that says we didn't have to do as much damage as we did. TJ, uh, you summed it up perfectly. Thank you very much. A lot of stupidity going around, and you nailed it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. That's TJ Rogers. You can see his piece at the Wall Street Journal, and we'll be right back. spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. This is John Stoggerwald with some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers for a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. windowsrspittsburgh.com. 
That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit Seb Gore com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stagerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Well, it looks like we're going to have a lot of repeat winners between now and November 3rd, but how are you not going to give the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week award to Nancy with the laughing face? I mean, for this. Too bad you can't see her dismissive wave at the reporter when she answered this question the other day. As far as uh, Biden is a concern, how do uh, Democrats square with the idea that, that they're essentially a... They're, they're standing by Biden, but they're using a comparatively different standard with, uh, with Kavanaugh when, when he demanded a, uh, a investigation on Justice Kavanaugh when a very similar uh, allegation came out on him. Uh, well, let, let me just say, I, I respect your question, and I don't need a, a lecture or a speech. Here's the thing. I have complete respect for the whole Me Too movement. I have four daughters and one son. And uh, there's a lot of excitement around the idea that women will be heard and be listened to. There is also due process. And uh, the fact that Joe Biden is Joe Biden, uh, there's been statements from his campaign, or not his campaign, but his former employees who ran his offices and the rest, that there was never any record of this. There was never any record. And that uh, nobody ever came forward or nobody ever came forward to say something about it apart from the principal involved. I am so proud. The happiest day for me this week was to support Joe Biden for president of the United States. He's a person of great integrity, a great concern for the American people. He 
authored the Violence Against Women Act uh, when he was the chair of the Judiciary Committee uh, in the 90s. He has been an advocate for funding it all along since then. And I, uh, uh, I believe that uh, uh, he will be a great president of the United States. Uh, he is the personification of hope and optimism uh, and authenticity uh, for our country, a person of great values. Uh, so I want to remove all doubt in anyone's mind. I have great comfort level uh, with the, the situation as I see it, uh, with all the respect in the world for any woman who comes forward. Uh, with all the highest regard for Joe Biden. And that's what I have to say about that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, What a nauseating person. And it's not Nancy's first time, uh, and it won't be the last time. She is named the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com. So I came across a list here from California. It's almost too, it's just hard to believe. It's uh, what people are allowed to do outside. It was released by the governor out there. And this is, this is the list. I'll go just run down a few of them. Throwing a baseball or softball, canoeing, crabbing, cycling, Gardening, golf, singles, horseback riding, singles, jogging, and you're allowed to do all this stuff. Outdoor photography, you're allowed to do. Quad biking, rock climbing. You notice I said you could throw a football or a soft, I mean a softball or a baseball. I didn't see football. So down the list I see you can throw and catch an American mini football. Frisbee or frisbee golf, not in groups. And you can wash the car and you can watch the sunrise or sunset. Thanks to, uh, Gavin Newsom for doing that. I got to say that uh, before I wrap up here, we're going to be this the last show with Erin Byrne, our producer. She's been here for almost two years. She put up with me for almost two years. One of the best producers I've ever worked with. I want to thank Erin for all the great work she's done. The show does not exist without her, and she's leaving in about a minute and a half. She'll be gone, and who knows where she's headed. But good luck to her, and uh, I really appreciate everything she's done. She's the person who. Uh, makes this show work. I just yap, and she makes it make sense and keeps everything together and finds the sound bites and lines up the guests and all that stuff. So, Aaron, thank you, and um, I will see you Monday, and I hope I can survive without Aaron Byrne. Thanks for listening. See you on Monday. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.